Welcome back. You're listening to What You're Walking About, Willis. I'm your host. If you're tuning in just now, hello, welcome to the program, and shame on you. Promptness is a virtue, a deficiency of which is a black mark on the character of any man or woman. But I won't allow my contempt to prevent me from being a good steward of the airwaves, and so I'll recap. You're listening to a passion project. Based on my deep love, my admiration for the classic American television situation comedy, Different Strokes, a groundbreaking show, it had a great influence on my own career, reruns provided solace, much needed in my darker times, Gary Coleman's work, a giant. I hear you laughing, I speak of course in the figurative sense, and it's in that sense and that sense alone that we define ourselves. As humans, even the tallest man, he can reach a light fixture, a low ceiling, but a figurative giant. He touches the stars. He touches our hearts. Gary Coleman was such a man. Now, there are those they call gentle giants. Andre, for example. Gary, though diminutive in stature, was a giant of a gentleman. An artist taken from us far too soon. Gary. Oh, Gary. You know, I've never been to Gary, Indiana. I've heard of it in a song once. I like to think it's a town like Gary, a small town with a big heart. Maybe there's a Coleman Street. Maybe, maybe the folks in that town own Coleman Grills. I'm afraid you've distracted me. Your tardiness. I've entered a reverie here. My thoughts have become disorganized, and now I find we're out of time. So next week, I'll discuss further my collection of different strokes memorabilia. As an example, I own a comb once owned by Todd Bridges. He no longer needs it, of course. His Willisian curls now, like Gary, gone from this world. Next up is a crapshoot. I have nothing further to say at this time. Get out of here. Hey, welcome to the Crapshoot. I'm Josh Millard, your host. Uh, this is Jesse Holden, also your host. We're also I'm also your host. Yes. We're recording this one atemporally. Can yes. we say that? Even we though can. we're not gonna say it number. No, I think that's good. Yeah, this is episode number you have no idea because we decided we're not gonna say what episode number this is. Because the thing is, uh, anybody who's been paying keen attention to these first few episodes that we posted them is is probably aware by now that uh, we recorded them weeks before they actually got posted on the website and, and on the podcast feed. Uh, because we wanted to sort of make sure we knew a little bit what we were doing before we started. And so there's a lot of discussion in the first few episodes of how we're still trying things out and we're not sure what we're doing and uh, and no sense of like what the website would be called because we didn't have one. Right. Uh, it's thecrapshoot.net, by the way. Ha-ha! Mentioning the website. Good work. Yeah, I'm feeling good about it. Uh, so yeah. or, or the poop emoji, the gun emoji, yes. dot CK. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is... Uh, I had my first tech support <laughs> question about that. <laughs> today um but yeah tk not dot com that's important yes 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 uh if you're using the emoji (laughs) you got one of those sixteen thousand key right uh, emoji keyboards um 
But yes, uh, so so we're not going to say what episode numbers because this is one beyond the fact that uh, we may just not know when an episode's going up. Uh, we could tell you the date today, right now. It's October the twenty third. In mm-hmm. case you need to find out when this happened, but uh, but we might also just put this one in the can for a while because we're so far ahead of our posting schedule. We're like a month ahead, which means if we record an interview with somebody. Uh, it's not they like be, oh, they could be dead by the time. Yeah, it comes exactly. Out. You know, it's it's kind of problematic. It's like, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Now wait a month. Mm-hmm. Why? Because our really, really what important production schedule? No, it seems right. kind of silly. So, so we're gonna crank it down a little bit. So we'll probably be playing this even later than we normally would be if we stuck with our schedule, just so we can crank our schedule down uh, a little bit closer-ish to real time. Uh, I just and, wanted to say yeah. a-, a temporally. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was nice. It's a I, I love uh, temporal mechanics is a is an is an as yet underappreciated field. Though clearly, uh, they're working on on that. That'll be as time goes by. Ooh. <sighs> How you doing, Jesse? God, I was better before that joke happened. Here, hold on. Let me give you a beer opener. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna need that to open this beer. I brought some Pabst Blue Ribbon this time. I feel like we need to bring it down a peg on the beer. I mean, or up. I mean, you know, I I, I, I hold Pabst in its own special category personally. I I, I like Pabst. It's it's a perfectly nice beer. It's but a, it's, it's inappropriate it's to record beer. a podcast. Sorry, I cut you off. But it's inappropriate to record a podcast in Portland and drink beer and not at least sometimes drink Pabst. I don't think. It's true. Well, it's a tricky topic because we we venture into hipsterism and the idea of drinking it ironically, and it's yeah. not. Uh, you know, I I honestly I didn't know about ironic PBR consumption until after I'd started consuming PBR just because it was really cheap at bars. Sure. You know, so it's playing in bands, and you know you're playing in a band, and you're going to make maybe if you're lucky, if it's a great night, twenty bucks a piece off it, and a lot of nights you'll make about twenty bucks bucks less a piece off of the show sure and so you don't want to i mean i love i love good beer uh we will discuss that later i i have some exciting good beer from montana (laughs) with us tonight but uh but if you're just if you just want to drink three or four beers while getting ready for and then playing a show you want the beer that costs a dollar fifty so you know a pint of pbr that's fantastic that's uh beats the hell out of paying you know four bucks for something a little bit more nicely made it really is so much better to my palate than any comparably priced beer, and and I, and I don't even. I think it transcends, you know, social status a little bit. I think it's a safe thing to bring to a party, um, and uh, I is it is that a real thing? People drinking something ironically? Well, I don't know. It's I such mean, a I hard. Th- like, I like, don't. I don't even think that's real. But then, I mean, that just torpedo or you know that just launches me into my entire hipster argument well and yeah that's the problem because like that's the thing it's one thing to assert that people do a thing ironically it's another thing to actually present concrete evidence because when was the last time someone walked up to you and i'm sure someone out there screaming oh this totally happened to me but still proportionally speaking when's the last time someone walked up to you and said hey just so you know i want you to be aware that i am ironically doing this thing that i appear to be enjoying you know no right. we just sort of project that as a thing because people find other people's and preferences plus if you don't and, like it why are you I mean, would you really drink it just to make a visual joke or whatever the yeah, fuck I, we're I don't accusing know. I mean, these people of doing? Well, and, and there's a, there's I mean, a they're certain... drinking it because they like it and it's cheap, right? That has to be reason one. Well, I... you know, let's let's call back to what in a uh, more temporally reliable universe we could say definitely was the previous episode where we sat around <laughs> drinking really, really shitty malt liquor stuff. Sure. Uh, not not because we thought we would particularly like it. I don't I don't I don't know if you guys expected to like it. I didn't expect to like it, but it was interesting to drink and it was kind of funny 
so I think that's sort of that's in the territory of what practically speaking drinking something ironically probably means. I, and people you think are doing that for Pabst Blue Ribbon? I, I don't know. They're ordering think, it every time, ironically. I mean, I, I don't that think was more of a novelty because I, I, under what other circumstances would I ever drink juice? I mean, aside from now every day, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the fridge is full of it. It turns out that was a, a, a life changer. Yeah, no, it's. I yeah. think it's moreover. It's a. It's 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 it's, it's my fundamental problem with the even. Even the very word hipster is that you're ascribing motives to someone that you don't know and you're projecting that onto them and it's really it, it's so like ungenerous and, and reflective of your own kind of I mean I don't mean to put the put this on you in particular I don't I don't I don't think of you this way but it it, 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 it there's such baggage of using that word to describe people or a group of people or whatever and it's so like useless and unhelpful as a word in that way for it's, that reason it, it's and per- other reasons you know it, it's a it's a profoundly overloaded word you know and it's uh it's a tricky thing because yeah tie, it's so easy for people to get into a discussion about something or other related to hipsters but it's so hard to tie down exactly what is going on like semantically and and culturally there with that assertion you sure. know, it's like there, I've, I've heard the argument made a number of times that hipsters basically a, a perfect you know sort of g- generic othering term because no one ever says you know hipster to refer to themselves uh Exactly. I mean, people call themselves a hippie or a biker or any number of, you know, these these like kind of social classification thing. But hipster, we pretend that there are people who think of themselves as hipsters, but there aren't. There well, really and, aren't. and we should we should modify this a little bit because I actually do know some people who do proudly and in a non-obnoxious way, you know, consider them hipsters. I mean, it's not it's not huh. literally no one, but it is. The, the scope of people who basically think, yeah, no, I, I, I'm into hipster aesthetics and the hipster subculture, I think is a much smaller group than the group of people who other people would say, oh, yeah, that's so hipster or, oh, that's that, that guy's such a hipster. You know, I think someone calling a himself mismatch. a hipster is just like giving up. Really. I mean, well, it's just like throwing in the towel and just saying like, you know what, if that's what you want to call me, that's what I'll, I'll, I'll wear that. I'll own that. You know, what I, I think it's I think part of it may actually be. Uh, that there is something that people do like about the aesthetics of things that are associated with hipsterism. I mean, part of the thing, if you look at one of the things people talk about with like hipsters is like hipster fashion tends to be sort of, uh, it, it might be sort of twee or it might be sort of like intentionally retro or vintage or, mm-hmm. or, or various, there's, there's things in there that are actually things that people would just totally legitimately say, oh yeah, it's kind of cool if it was just that thing by itself. But sure. then you associate it with the sort of er brand of hipsterism and all of a sudden it becomes a criticism of it by association with that. So I think there's people who actually do like sort of like riding the fashion train who identify that with hipsterism as a you know sort of neutral classification who are like yeah no i'm i'm sort of a fashion hipster without it being a self-deprecating thing per se Hmm. uh more just saying these are aesthetics that identify with that subculture as much as you know i can identify it but but it's all it's it's all i mean i'm i'm just trying to i guess throw out a sop here to the people who are listening and saying oh but it's not no one it's not <laughs> right. no one because sure, it's no. not it's not no one but I, I think I'll totally buy that. the gulf between how people sort of casually throw hipster around and the people who are actually very concretely self-identifying as hipsters sure. is a big gulf there so yeah right yeah and it's just like this it's just so it's such a lazy way of dismissing another person and 
And you, like you were saying, I mean, there's many problems with the term. One, of, a fundamental one of which is that it's just so like overbroad and and includes so many like in contradictory ideas that that you can just kind of throw it out. And it, it, which is my frustration about just using it to other someone else or to just kind of like dismiss someone else. Who, um, because maybe you do, maybe there is something that you don't like for whatever reason, right? Like maybe there's a, a mode of dress that's popular in your town that's really gets on your tits for some reason whatever i mean but sure, if, yeah. if that's what you don't like say that that's what you don't like or if you know you don't like that people are wearing truckers caps just say i hate that you yeah know? There, there's nothing you, lost in the specificity of saying this specific thing bugs me instead of saying oh this thing is so foo, well what's you know? lost is you is that the you you can't assume the people you're talking to are on your side whereas if you just say hipster you're just assuming everyone's going to join in on you with the hey whatever the specific thing that bugs you is um if if you don't like things that are you know people that behave in a particularly twee way or something just say that or if you don't like people really like embracing the cool shit the the shit they think is cool then say you don't like that and out yourself as an asshole <laughs> because well, i yeah, think look. that you just you, you, you it, it's so it's i don't know it bums me out hearing people say hipster bums me the fuck out well and i can i i i would say i, I agree a lot with what you're saying uh i would i would generalize this to be a complaint i have in general and this sort of this, this sort of shifts over to somewhat to internet discussions um not necessarily because this is inherently an internet thing but i think it's easy for it to be an internet thing and i am involved in a lot more internet discussions uh than random people complaining about stuff in person i guess <laughs> sure. it turns out uh but 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 the tendency i'm always so much more interested to hear someone say i don't like this and let me tell you why mm -hmm. than to hear someone say i don't like this you know, it's like, who's with me? Yeah, who, who cares <laughs> if you just don't like something in mm -hmm. a way you're not substantiating it? Unless I'm conducting a poll, I don't need to hear that you just don't like something. It's okay for you to not like it, but you don't have to tell me. You certainly don't have to tell everybody in the figurative room in a, in a discussion on the internet. I mean, I love, I really genuinely get a lot out of hearing hey, uh, I don't like this, and let me tell you several reasons why and substantiate my reasoning. Let me let me ground my criticism or my dislike or my negative reaction in some sort of personal context or some sort of cultural context so that we're having a conversation about some sort of scope. You know, that's, that's great. This sucks is not great. This right. sucks is just you venting spleen. You know, it's like, you know, tell me why it sucks. You might actually be interesting when you're explaining your negative reaction to something sure, but sure. just just being blah you know keep it to yourself right. you know have a thought yeah <laughs> express a thought you know i mean right. that's the thing that maddens me a lot about uh maddens me a lot that's uh, it feels like a weird uh, verb to use in a general context. that's a thing is that, that does madden 2013 is yeah, our sponsor yeah. this okay yeah yeah uh check them out they've got all the players <laughs> all the lineups all, all, the, all the those john madden quotes <laughs> um no it, it drives me a little bit crazy uh, it'd be one thing if everybody who I heard just sort of do the this sucks and I'm not telling you why thing uh, was just actually a stupid asshole who wasn't capable of substantiating an opinion. But the thing that really drives me crazy sometimes, uh, specifically in my capacity of my job as a moderator, is when people who are actually smart enough and thoughtful enough to make the case just don't. Right. Like you're going to come somewhere where you know people like having intelligent discussions, where people like sort of digging into the details of something, you're going to have an opinion that's based on some expressible, substantiatable, you know, series of, of experiences you've had and, and 
and, and whatever. And then you're just going to decline to go there. You're just going to take a shit and then maybe someone will call you on it. And after that, maybe you'll turn around and say, oh, yeah, no, no, actually, I've got a reason for my opinion. And here's what it is. Just start there. Don't right. take the shit, get called on your shit, and then defend your shit. Just start by actually, you know, having a conversation. Just jump right in with some actual substantial thoughts. It's, it right. drives and me crazy that people don't do that. It's that's like, the only That's the only time I really care about it is when it's someone who actually, you know, is intelligent and is thoughtful and has a worthwhile opinion to express and, and explore about it. Um, you know, some random guy calling some other random guy hipster. Right, there's an Onion headline, two guys angrily calling each other hipster. <laughs> It's classic. I mean, right? The onion hitting the nail on the head and saving, you know, potentially saving us ten thousand words of talking about it. But, um, but yeah, no. And I don't. And I don't want to demonize someone who casually refers to someone else as a hipster or a stranger or a group of people or whatever as a hipster. Uh, I don't want to demonize them as a person. They're just using the parlance that that we how we communicate now. We just that's the word that we just use now In to the describe parlance things. of the times. Right to use the language of mathematics. Yes. That was, <laughs> <laughs> Call back to episode two there. Um, but it's been just but that's, long that's why that it, it bums would... me out. That's why it disappoints me because I know these, you know, it, it's 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 a thing that gets on my nerves specifically and <clears throat> because people who would more fruitfully explore their thoughts about something like that don't bother because they have this this what I think is a cop out in the in the form of the word hipster that uh, I, I would banish from the earth today if I could. I, I think you know, I, I think it'd be hilarious if we could somehow manage to replace this entire discussion with just me saying, you know what, saying hipster sucks, and then and then, <laughs> God, and I hate those people who say hipster. God, they're so always dumb, being whatever. like this. So dumb. <laughs> So how are you doing? You were saying you were uh, uh, on the upswing from a uh, uh, feeling under the weather. Oh God, yeah. I mean, I was sick. I was sick for a couple of days, and then I felt like I was getting better, and then I got sick again. And I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's not much of a story there. I've been laying around on my couch all day, like they often use it being sick, sick as an excuse to do. But uh, was this no, like I'm, a... I'm feeling okay? Just respiratory shit. I, you know, I, I always complain about my allergies, and you have cats in your house, and blah blah blah. I'm always blowing my nose or whatever. But um, when I get sick, my son. I mean, I already have sensitive nasal passages. That so I just like shit happens. Like I just get this furious nosebleed out of nowhere, and then you know, ten minutes later, the inside of my bathroom where I'm trying to staunch it just looks like a scene from Dexter or something. <laughs> and, <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating. I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know where to go with that. I was, I was sick and I hate being sick. Well, it's good oh, enough. I the was nose gonna... bleed thing. I can go to a doc. I went to a doctor. I, I mentioned to a doctor. Um, I have no idea how you're supposed to find a doctor. I don't have any idea how the health care universe works whatsoever. And of course it's in the midst of this major change because of the Affordable Care Act. So I, I'm completely hopeless. I f- somehow managed to find a doctor who was within my plan. Um, I went to him, he spoke a little bit of English, mostly Cantonese, I think, and uh, I was trying to describe to him that I, that I get these nosebleeds sometimes, and, and he's, he's, you know, I'm trying to describe, and he's like, how many times a week, or a month, or whatever, so I'm, I'm telling him and stuff, and, and he's like, okay, I give you a referral, and I was like, what's this? He's like, you know, they put lasers up there, and I'm like, they put lasers up there, 
He's like, yeah, <laughs> when the blood comes out, you know, and he's like, whatever, I can't, I don't want to, you know, imitate his broken English, but he's basically like telling me that they, they're just going to shoot a laser up my nose and, and cauterize whatever blood vessel is sure. nearest the surface sure. in that area or whatever. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to get, maybe, why not. That I'm going to try and get some plan. lasers shot up there. Yeah. I, I kind of don't, you know, I, I can't say money is no object, but. I'm willing to plop down some cold hard cash to get lasers up there. It, it's you just look out if the if the if the assisting nurse is Farrah Fawcett, and uh, this is a reference that uh, I don't get. <laughs> Logan's run, Logan's oh, run. Shit. Yeah. He goes to get the facial reconstruction surgery because he's on the run, and then uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Basil from Austin Powers. I, I love this guy, and I can't remember the actor's name, but. Uh, He's the doctor, and Farrah Fawcett was the the nurse, and they try and murder Logan, and and mm. the doctor gets murdered instead. And oh, it's oh, such a spoiler alert for Logan's Run, uh, if you haven't seen it. Uh, also, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Logan's Run, go watch Logan's Run. It's classic. It's amazing. Right, uh, I think, I'll be I'll be there with you. I'll be watching it. Yeah, soon. we'll yeah we'll have to we'll have to sit down. and it watch It is on my list. I, is you it? Know, okay. Yeah, I can't. I can never get to all the shit. Maybe. How are you feeling? Are you okay? I'm doing fine. You know, actually, it's it's it's. Uh, uh, well, I, sh- I should say physically, I'm fine. I've been having sort of like a moody couple of days, hmm. but 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 physically, I'm fine. Uh, my wife's had a cold for like a couple of weeks. Well, po- we're thinking at this point a couple codes, sure. colds, and, and she's on the upswing from that. Uh, and I've somehow not gotten hidden, not gotten hidden. Yeah, right. Uh, it's good. It's good English, right? Uh, to use the language of mathematics. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I've somehow come through unscathed. I haven't. Uh, I haven't gotten a cold at all, which is nice. Um, sure, but you can get like, the kind of like the empathy doldrums from being around someone sick who you care about. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I think. I think. I think that's not so much. Uh, I mean, I have empathy, but I don't think I ended up with empathy doldrums so much as just I get in a weird fucking. Uh, sort of creative holding pattern headspace thing. Sometimes it's like I, I don't I, I don't generally have any like issues with uh, anxiety, uh, but uh, but every once in a while, and this is probably exacerbated by the fact that I actually like my job. My job is relatively free form. My job is kind of laid back uh, a, a fair number of days out of any given week, um, and so I kind of am free to pursue a lot of creative projects at home, you know, you know, during and, and after the weekday uh, in a way that would not be so true if I was working at a more typical, you know, nine to five office job or something. But as a result of that, you know, I'm, I'm home, you know, alone. And if I'm not doing something that feels satisfying or, or, or compelling uh, and, and I want to be getting something done, it, it leaves me in a very weird sort of like. I don't want to say panicky, but 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 anxious. Anxious is a good sure, word. Sure. Sort of a sort of a I, I I want to be working on one or three or five things, uh, but I also don't really feel like it, or I don't know how to. Uh, like if I'm trying to start a new project where I don't really know what I'm doing. That's always a dangerous place for me because like I can I can be simultaneously super excited about the idea of doing it. Uh, and be missing some key bit of information about how to do it. And that that knowing that there's a gap can be really sort of uh, crazy making for me. Hmm. Um, so I was telling you, uh, I was working on that, uh, that Ferengi shipping yeah. logistics uh, simulator thing. And I've been simulator thinking... Simulator thing to say what, what the thing is. It's uh, like, it's like, uh, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. I just, okay, sure. Uh, but as an example, that's a thing I've been thinking about. Um and, and I've been excited about the idea of starting in on it, but it's a little bit of a programming project, and I've I've really not programmed stuff consistently 
since I graduated from college with a computer science degree, go figure. Um, and so it's always a little bit when I, when I have to go back and do something, if I'm start thinking about a project and I don't know exactly how to execute portions of it, I can get to this real gridlock place where like I really want to work on it, but I know that I haven't solved a couple of key problems. And one thing to do would be to jump in and just start hammering against them, uh, which is probably what I should do most of the time. But I've also hammered against a problem uh, on enough occasions that I know that I get really frustrated if I'm mm. like just sort of flailing in programming. Because programming is a weird sort of kind of uh, creative project. It's not like a sketch pad where you can just sit down and you know either the sketch comes together or not. You kind of have to do a bunch of work to make a thing start to function Right. In, in if you're programming a video game, for example. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, I think I just sort of like I've been in this weird space where I've been excited about this idea since like Sunday and now it's Wednesday and I finally started working on it some uh, early this afternoon and I feel much better. Oh, good. Partly because I just said, fuck it, I'm going to, you know, give this a, a shot. But uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird it's a weird thing. And that happens to me creatively in general sometimes. But it's a. I don't know. It's a it's it's a strange experience. I actually really love talking about the creative process. I mean, I've like cross examined Brad and Jesse and Andy and like you know most of our guests. I've kind of ended up just sort of like <laughs> in the courthouse of tell me how to be create. How does it work? How how do creative work? Yeah. Um. So, but uh, yeah, I mean that's a, I think that's a pretty familiar type of block. One thing I've heard that may help. I don't know is is um. Like in writing, you don't you if you're prone to that type of getting stuck in that kind of pit where you don't want to start the next big part of it that's going to be frustrating to learn or whatever. Um, the the equivalent in in writing would be like don't stop it don't don't set down your pen in between chapters always leave like mid chapter yeah because you don't want to have to set yourself up to come back and just start a whole new difficult thing. You want to at least have a chip, chick in the armor. Yeah. Chink in the armor, chip in the armor. You basically I, want yeah. to make a dent in a, in a problem before you walk away from it because you don't want to have to start from zero when you come back yeah. to it. So so leaving yourself kind of at what intuitively be, would be a bad stopping point uh, can potentially could be helpful. Just to throw that out there. Yeah, I no, no, it, it's it, it's a good way of thinking. Programming, programming is really. Weird. I, I don't know if you have any coding background at all. It's no, a, it's no. A, I mean, just you know, web stuff. Not nothing really. Yeah, like 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 native. developing developing a, a an application with any kind of complexity at all is a weird thing. Partly because it can be such a it, it's such a weird engineering effort. You know, it's it's like imagine you were going to do some carpentry. You you decided. I'm going to make a bureau. I'm going to build a bureau from scratch. Uh, except also all of the wood, you can't actually really see it. You can you can read <laughs> descriptions of it on paper and they're a little bit opaque and and you May sort of have to a different type of wood slightly. Yeah, and, and you have to sort of imagine how all the pieces are actually going to fit in. You don't have a blueprint so much as a a, a series of like fortune cookies arrayed in a semi-specific order and that's how you it's this is this metaphor is going terribly but that's it's it's a weird thing programming is very simultaneously engineering and also sort of weirdly abstract compared to like building something with your hands because you don't just hold in your hands and say oh yes i can feel how this goes together you just have to sort of know in your head organize 
all this information and say, oh, I know what that thing is doing and I know how it affects this other thing a thousand lines away in this document right. or in this other document. It's, There's it's, no, you can't just put two pieces together and know whether they fit or not. Yeah, you kind of have to. Everything has to be. Yeah, you have to build a lot of things before. Interdependent. The basic behavior behind them starts coming together. So it's, it's, it's a, I don't know, I like... I really like making things, and I, I, I discovered that I liked the idea of programming like at an early age, like like 12 or 13, I, I wrote my first program, and uh, and I was like, oh, because I loved video games from an even younger age, uh, and the first time I sort of clicked for me that, oh, programming is just making a computer do things. You can make a computer do a new thing. You don't just have to play the games that exist. You can sit down and say, okay, well, if this happens and this happens and build this little system and then it'll do a new thing for you every time. You don't have to, mm. it's like the difference between like, you know, uh, putting on a puppet show and learning how to give puppets animate life. Right. You know, it's a huge jump and it was very exciting to me and I, and I it remains exciting to me, but but at the time, I think you know, I got very excited as a kid because it was like, yeah, programming. You just you can just make games, and, and like as a kid, you don't recognize how much complexity, how much just straight up fucking work is involved in doing anything that's bigger than like a tic tac toe game. Hmm. Um, so it's it's it, it's a weird thing. It's, it's it's a combination of something I love and something that I have almost no patience for, uh, which I think is why I ended up uh, not actually pursuing a career and after getting a degree in it <laughs> right but, uh, yeah and it's i mean there's also the aspect of like the quickest route to taking the fun out of something you love is making it your career in a sense yeah. i mean that's that's not true for everybody and you know bless the people for whom it's not true because yeah. they have the lives that i want but it's sure. a danger it's definitely a danger sure sure but yeah no it's i mean it takes a lot of work to get a little work done for sure and, yeah and that's that's a realization i had relatively recently <laughs> <laughs> um when we get Andy back, we should have this the programming conversation with him too, because he, you know, that that that's his, that's where a lot of his kind of creative impulse springs from. Yeah. Is is, a, is the moment that he realized he wanted to be a programmer. Yeah. Um. So it'd be really, or maybe we've already had that episode by the time people are maybe. hearing this. Who knows? Because who, <laughs> who knows? We're lost in time. <laughs> we are lost. We're, we're adrift, adrift in, in time. The continuum. Yes. <laughs> maybe this is a good moment for a break, and then we we should come back, and I want to hear more about the specific project that you're working on. Oh, absolutely. On, do, do, should we should we break to anything in particular? We didn't think about bumpers ahead of time, but uh, you you know, I mean, if if I had my druthers, uh, we could we could use. Uh, have you ever seen that YouTube video um, that has the girl singing? It's okay to not like things. Oh yeah, it's okay, but, but don't, don't be, be a dick, dick about, about it. it. It's so, um, yes. I th- it's so it so summarizes my feelings <laughs> both on the internet discourse and this anti-hipsterdom thing. That if there's any reason we can get that next, let's hear it now. Otherwise, maybe we can just use us having just sung it together, yeah, or we could even record our own version. Yes, uh, we'll see. All right, well, we'll be right back. <laughs> It's okay, but don't be a dick about it. It's okay to not like things, but don't be a dick about the things you don't like. It's okay to not like things. It's okay, but don't be a dick about it. It's okay to not like things, but don't be a dick about the things you don't like. Don't be a dick about the things you don't like. No, don't be a dick about the things you don't like. And we're back. All right, I'm going to ironically open this PBR simultaneously. Yeah. Oh, man. What a beautiful sound. Maybe that was satisfying. I don't know. I enjoyed it. 
You know, I realized um, before we get into Oh, our... you were thinking of our listeners. I was being solipsistic. Oh, yeah, no, I accidentally thought of our listeners for a second. That's a mistake. Uh, never. never. <laughs> um, I, I realized I haven't, have, I haven't had my phone off, so hopefully we're not getting... You don't have your, oh, your yeah, headphones yeah. on, so Neither you're not monitoring. Neither of headphones. We're not monitoring for We're, uh, we're going noses. commando for this one. Yes. Um, so if, I, if you've been getting horrible feedback off my phone this whole time, <laughs> there's no way of knowing. Uh, I'll turn my phone off, but first I have to observe that... Um, on her second turn, my partner uh, Whitney has played slanderously in letterpress, so I guess I Jesus. should just go ahead yeah. and not bother just, opening that game yeah, just, ever just, again. Yeah, just never play again. <laughs> I think I think that's that's your smart move there. We'll just never speak of this. <laughs> Pull up Bobby Fisher and just just hide in the bathroom or whatever he did that time. All right, so the <sighs> phone is off. So hopefully, any feedback that has been. I mean, we, we've lost all the listeners at this point anyway. If yes. that was the case, or even if it wasn't, but. Tell me about the game you've been working on because oh, I'm actually right. interested in that. Right. It's a uh, Ferengi. I'm, I'm, my working title is Ferengi Express. <laughs> um, and uh, well, the backstory is this I. Not, not he's a Ferengi to be around or something. Uh, no, it's, you're not no, going for just, a cheap pun with no, the title. Just, just put that one. You're not the Josh just, I just married. Just put that one down. Just put that one down. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I had Ferengi Express colon something something at some point, but I can't remember what. Uh, <laughs> well, so don't leave it at just Ferengi Express colon because that's no good. <laughs> that was what I was going to ask you earlier with the sick thing. Is like you know for a little more clarity, like was it is it like a head sick or a butt sick? Oh god! And then you said it was nasal, and then I wanted to point out that an anagram of nasal is anal's. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go somewhere gross later in this show if you want, though, because uh, I, I have it's no, this is all entirely head sickness, so I don't have any uh, nightmarish bathroom stories. Uh, but yeah, no, I got I got a good one if you want to go a little gross maybe, later. Maybe yeah. we'll, we'll hold on to that. I we'll, got we'll, one we'll in the chamber, see. as it as it were. Topic. <laughs> Which uh, no, uh, uh, there's not a double anal. entendre there. I um, promise. So yes, yeah, so so okay. So the backstory is I've been uh, doing this uh, game of the time uh, club uh, with some friends on the mostly on the East Coast. Uh, college friends of mine. We keep in touch via the internet. And uh, their circle of friends, and anyway, we we all we all like video games, and we all like the idea of talking about video games, but we aren't always super good at like finding times to randomly get together. So he he decided, okay, let's start just doing this. We'll do a mailing list, like a Google Groups mailing list thing, mm. and every month we'll month or so, so whatever time period, we'll just uh, we'll pick another game. Uh, something relatively cheap and available, and people who want to play it can play it, and we'll talk about it. And the first game was uh, Pocket Planes, which is this uh, little free game for you know iPhone and Android. Uh, it's made by a company called Nimblebit. They made Tiny Towers, I think was their big uh, breakout hit or whatever. Yeah, that was a featured game on the App Store. Ah, okay. So uh, I, I'd never played it. I've never played any of those. So I, I'm playing Pocket Planes, and I spent like, a week and a half playing this game and it's a cute little game you you're running an airline and you know so you buy airports and you buy airplanes and you load up your airplanes with people and cargo at the airport it's currently at and send it to another airport and ideally you load it up with a bunch of people all going to the same airport because then you get bigger bonuses and, oh sure and whatnot so, so it's, it's it, like a treadmill though it's a no winning yeah well yeah you just you keep leveling up and sure. then you as you level up you can buy bigger airplanes and uh more easily established like a global route instead of a regional one but uh, mm. but it's all very manual it's all 
Like the gameplay is always the same. It's always, okay, this plane of mine is on the ground in Houston. I'll click on it. It'll bring up all the people in cargo in Houston ranked in order of how far away basically their destination is. Mm. And then I'll manually click on people to load up this plane and then I'll click on the map and I'll click on where it's supposed to go. And then I'll do it again a million times. Like there's no... And I was realizing as I was playing that kind of what I wanted was a little bit more of an actual sort of like, you know, cargo or airline manager, like something that was saying, you know, would be good. This would be a profitable route. This route should get some attention. And Hmm. you just sort of say, okay, buy and sell and ship stuff here. Uh, rather than saying, okay, now pack up this plane and go there, now pack up this. You know, I, I want to I manage it. I want to defer the actual loading and piloting to the AI. And so I... S- right, because it seems like the the part of the game you're describing in the... What is it called? Tiny planes? Oh, God, I, I said it right. Right when I was swallowing. Yeah. Uh, pocket planes. Pocket, pocket planes. planes. It seems like the part that it makes you do is the part that the phone, the computer would be by far the best at. Well, yeah, it's funny because it's, it, it's, it's, it's sort of satisfying to... It's like playing like computer poker. Like, yeah, I managed to load up this whole plane with people going to Chicago. Right. Partly because maybe I've had a previous plane coming this way drop off some Chicago people who are then on layover, so they stick around and then... Right. And they, you know, so there's a little bit of strategy to it, but it, it just gets more and more tedious to properly load load up a, a plane efficiently as you get farther into the game so yeah it's like you're doing and it was something work. that'd be trivial to optimize for right like yeah. you could write an extremely short script to play yeah the game yeah for you. if i knew how to write like a script that could actually just intervene and play a game for me on my iphone right. that's the game i want to play i want to play the game where i program my iphone to play pocket planes you know because right. <laughs> uh, that'd be yeah and and it's a weird thing because uh, i'm not going to go into the I, I could talk a half an hour about things that I dislike about the design of pocket planes, despite okay. it being a perfectly nice little free casual game. The guy I bought this beer that we're drinking from was was locked into a Candy Crush game, and I kind of had to like oh, yank Crush, him out man. of it. Yeah, the guy behind the counter who was supposed to be ringing me up, who's actually like, I mean, he's been my local, you know, little stop guy for you know seven years or whatever. So he's he's a friend of mine and everything, but he's just like. Got Candy Crush yet? And I'm like, nope, never. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's a terrible game. And I just, I, I don't mean that as in, oh, it's so addictive. It's terrible. You should say, wait, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a game that was designed <laughs> badly on purpose. Like, if you want to play a, a bejeweled type, you know, sort of match three game, go for it. There's a billion of out there. And, you know, they're varyingly good and, and whatever. It's a, it's a fun way to pass some time. I've played, I've put hours and hours into those sort of things. But Candy Crush specifically was actually designed by assholes to be bad. Because the way to get around the badness is to give them money. The, 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 the micropayment I was, thing. I was coughing. Are we, um, are we talking about Candy Crush or the, my podcast right now? <laughs> Candy Crush. But, oh, okay, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it's oh, it's it's a it's a bad. Ugh. There's 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 plenty of documentation of it being bad out there. I won't go into the whole thing, but uh, but anyway, so play, insidious, play, play, right? Yes, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's and it's yeah, it's it's it, it's designed in bad faith, basically. It, it's mm-hmm. designed specifically to exploit the problems with its own design to yank money out of suckers, and that I don't like. I'm I'm totally okay with you asking me to pay a few bucks as a thank you for a great gaming experience. Or to unlock some extra content, but but charging me a buck a go to try and not lose a puzzle that you rigged, 
fuck you you know that's right. that's shit that's that's the worst thing you could possibly do that's yeah it's it, and this is again this is me just not being able to pass an alleyway without sprinting straight down it but i mean conversationally but um that's really what once once like emulation became really widespread and and we as you know young to middle-aged nerds were able to go back and play all of the arcade games that we'd pumped quarters into as yeah. young people you see that how just completely insidiously they actually were designed now that you have the benefit of hindsight and infinite like yep. infinite theoretical quarters uh that yeah it's that that kind of game design of it uh has been in development for a very long time but yeah, now yeah it's it, very it, very refined now on these yeah. new crop of treadmill ios and android games yeah it's not a new thing certainly but yeah i'm really kind of unhappy with the current state of casual gaming embracing yeah. some of those and yet at problems. the same time i play candy clicker or cookie clicker too it's all cookie, right but cookie clicker is great because there's no microtransactions and it's a self-aware deconstruction of the format is sure. uh, my take on it, man. We could really talk about cookie clicker. Josh is rolling his eyes really hard uh, right now. I think we should wait for Andy to, to have the cookie clicker conversation. Oh, maybe so. We can just stow that one until that happens, which might have already <laughs> or, happened because or, we're lost in time. I'm sure I'm glad we waited for Andy to have the yep. cookie clicker yeah. conversation. We'll just edit whichever those two fits. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do want to jump back to you because you were you were just getting into the the uh, formative moment of the, yes. of your game. Yeah. So this Ferengi Express idea, yeah. I, but, riffing i'm thinking off federal express there so i'm violating two different trademarks so yeah. it is a dumb pun thank god yes yes I, th- yeah. I really thought you were I, a stranger in josh's body i thought you just i thought you just weren't happy with that i thought you didn't think that was enough and so you were like no no, no you need to go farther it's enough it's it's yes. so corny i didn't even get well, it so it could it's be like f-e-r-e-x you know <laughs> fair, fair fair x so my thinking is like i love the ferengis i love the ferengis as an idea in the star trek universe and i like the fact that deep space nine actually tried to do something with them whereas next generation they just showed up a occasionally as like these dumb villains um and they were really bumbling and and lame uh and deep space nine actually brought in like you know major character quark the bartender on deep space nine Mm -hmm. is is a ferengi and so most of the ferengi stuff plays through him somehow or other but they actually they tried to develop some cultural stuff and 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 explore it but i still felt like it was they were still sort of like these the these sort of not very interesting characters the way the series treated them because Star Trek has a hard time, like, really getting mean. I think part of it is everybody everybody was sort of into the Battlestar Galactica remake, partly, I think, because it was so... I mean, I don't want to use the word gritty, but it was was like dark in a sense that people weren't assumed to get along. And Deep Space Nine was actually interesting as a Star Trek series as a follow-up to Next Generation because you actually had some conflict from members of the major cast uh, versus Next Generation where any sort of actual cast member conflict was so transient and so contrived right. and it went away and everything was status quo and everybody was friends everybody got right. along as soon as that like mysterious gas left the ship everyone would just apologize to each other for the gas making them mean exactly to each other like you know everybody was never was just, an inherent they were always buds you yeah. know you know even if they weren't like good friends they were always like totally down like you know in deep space nine you actually get people who actively don't like each other who are recurring characters on the show without necessarily it being a super villain sort of relationship so that's that was a nice thing about it but even then it had a hard time i think really getting into some of the 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 darker bits of cultural intersectionality that i would have liked to see and frangie's so frangie's never really got a, a a huge shake there but i always liked the idea of them as a species who was uh they're sort of in this universe that otherwise tends to have 
diplomatic and military standoffs. And then they're the ones who know that they're never going to win a fair fight. Hmm. And so they're just trying to work the angles and, you know, get a VIG off it and like, you know, make some money where they can and, you know, use other people's conflicts and other people's diplomatic shit as just a springboard to make some cash. And and so I really liked that. And I think the idea of a galactic trade simulator where you're basically an entrepreneurial Ferengi trying to make some money off arbitrage on, you know, high buy, high, sell, low stuff between various systems uh, could be a lot of fun. You know, it'd be a, a real simple way to sort of set up a, 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 a sort of attempt to corner a market and Ferengis are, you know, famously sort of tenacious and a bit backstabby as well. So you would be trying to simultaneously make a big name for yourself and also not draw too much attention. Hmm. I think there'd be like, you know, you could try and assassinate problematic competitors. You could hire bodyguards to try and not get assassinated by problematic competitors. Mm-hmm. You know, real, real sort of balancing act. And, and, and I, think, I think it could be funny and, and sort of satisfying in that... I'm going to actually plan an empire rather than I'm going to physically load each shuttle myself sort of way. So, mm. so I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out like what, where to go with it, but yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying. You want it to buy more. low and sell high, though, right? Not the other way around, right? Whatever I said, yes. Yeah. yes. I mean, you were using the language of mathematics, yes, so exactly. That was it's a classic Ferengi gambit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Switch the old switcheroo. I like the you idea know. that there's a little like there's there's gameplay elements outside of the strict like transactional aspect of it. It, it makes me think of a. A game that I played on the Genesis that was one of my favorites called Mutant League Football. And it was like, a, you know, on the surface, it was like a football game, right? You chose a play, you ran the play, you passed, you ran, whatever. There was audibles and so on and so forth. Um, but there was this other, like, team management aspect where all of the guys on your team were mutants and, and or skeletons or whatever. And uh, you could kill the other players by hitting them too hard, so you had to kind of keep an eye on, you know, that. But there was also, like, this another layer where you could bribe the ref. Like, one of the plays you could pick was bribe ref. <laughs> and then and then it would just kind of let you, for the sake of the play, it just let you freeform a play. But then the ref would call a penalty on the other team at the end of it that was, like, 10-yard penalty on, you know, these guys for flicking boogers or whatever. And then you just get 10 yards out of it. And if the other person, for whatever reason, wasn't wise, the ref would continue calling penalties on the other team until there's a defensive play that's kill ref. <laughs> And so instead of running the play, your team goes over and like murders the ref like on the field. And so it's like it's still within the framework of this football game, but there's also this kind of like yeah. I don't I don't I wouldn't call it a meta game, but there's like outside of the scope of running the play. Yeah, there's exactly. other like influencing external effects. Yeah, which I really like that idea. I like the idea. Uh... Yeah, of incorporating some stuff that gets outside. Like, I don't, I don't want to just literally build a clone of one of those old insider trading DOS games where sure. you're just, you know, watching the newswire and buying stock and that's it. You know, I mean, I, I, I like the idea of that. Sure. You know, as very much a central part of the game. But I like, yeah, the idea of adding in some flavor and adding in some, some sort of outside the box approaches to things. Uh, so yeah, I've got a bunch of ideas and, and that's sort of what I was talking about with it being, uh, you know, sort of in this deadlock, you know, uh, spinning my wheels, sort of holding pattern thing Sure, uh, is like, you know, I've got a ton of ideas for this game. And one of the things that you can't do is just sit down and literally implement a ton of ideas all at once in, right. a, in a game. So I finally, what I did today was I sat down and I started like just building the very most basic demo stuff. And and then I can go from there. I can start developing ideas as I work on it. So, but I'm I'm excited to see what comes from it. I feel like it. Uh, I feel That's like cool. it's within my scope 
uh, and uh, it'll be nice to get back to working on something. I was working on a Star Trek game uh, earlier this year, too. I remember seeing some, you posted, I think, Flickr, some yeah. uh, sketches. Yeah, from sort of like a, a, ideas. A, a, a galaxy exploration uh, rogue-like like game where you have a random crew that's flung 70,000 light years across the galaxy and then you have to make your way home uh, if you can, you know, while... Basically, it'd be Voyager, Star Trek Voyager, the series, if they actually stuck to their premise. <laughs> and instead of it being obvious that they're going to get home sometime at the end of seven seasons, like really, really having to accept that basically everybody on the ship is going to be dead or geriatric by the time they get home at best, you know, and really embrace the long haul thing of it. So, Is there any, any of that that's going to make its way into your current project or are they going to be separate? I think they're mostly separate. I mean, there's pieces of it that I like the idea of bringing back. I like the idea of generating random uh, alien species by using like a, a, a sort of automatic monster constructor that puts mm. together a, a kind of a head and a number of eye slots and mouth slots and nose slots and tentacles and hair and whatnot. Sure. And So there was stuff in there that I, I wanted to do, but... Uh, that idea, I, I wasn't seeing where the fun was was the problem. Like I had all these ideas for it, but I wasn't totally clear on what would actually be fun about playing it because I had all these uh, ideas that would have been a lot of interlocking systems. And if you really, really just like managing a system, it would probably be great. But I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, this is super tedious, though. Hmm. This is really it's tedious. It's kind of a curse that you, as a programmer, you're making a game for people who like programming because it's the game you like because yeah, yeah, you like it. programming. yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with making a really weird idiosyncratic game specifically just because you think it would be fun to play. But at the same time, you kind of have to be, I don't know, self-aware sure. about that sort of thing. So, Well, I want to get into Deep Space. I mean, just to take that tangent, I, I do want to get into Deep Space Nine. It's something I've been meaning to. I mean, I've watched Next Generation enough times for to last several lifetimes. But I just never quite got my traction with Deep Space Nine, and I think it's one that because it has kind of longer form storytelling and character development internally that doesn't really happen in a show like Original Series or Next Generation, that Deep Space Nine is one you kind of need to take more of a running start at. Kind of, yeah. Is that true? You have to yeah. just watch, get a few under your belt. Yeah, I, th I think there's a lot of value in it just sort of like the yeah, lowering, lowering your shoulder and just plowing through that first season. Um, because they do nice things and they, they really do slow, slowly develop characters. Early on in, in Deep Space Nine, I feel like they were still learning what they could do that was different. Like they had, clearly had ideas, they had ambitions. Uh, I think the first episode, while not necessarily a great piece of television, is a really interesting study in people trying to write their way out of the hole that Next Generation had left them in. Huh. Um, because you, well, it's really interesting. Um, and uh, I've written a couple uh, impromptu short essays on on, on LARP Trek uh, over the, the last several months <laughs> about some of these ideas. But but especially, you look at the, the the pilot of Deep Space Nine, and you've got this new guy, this new commander, Benjamin Sisko, uh, played by Avery Brooks, who's kind of amazing and weird. Um, and he's this guy we know nothing about. We're watching the pilot of a brand new Star Trek series, and they do a really neat thing, which is they put him at odds with Picard. You know, and it's just a couple short moments in in the pilot episode, and they never really come back to it later in the series. But the idea is Cisco was on a ship uh, with his his wife, and and I think his son Jake was there too. But anyway, they're on the Saratoga. They're at the Battle of Wolf Three Five Nine, which uh, the people who remember their Next Generation well will be like, "Oh, this was the." 
cliffhanger that ended season three, started season four. Picard gets turned into a Borg. He gets kidnapped and turned into Locutus of Borg. And there's a band called Battle of Wolf Three Five Nine. That's that's probably uh, probably just totally coincidence. Yeah, I think uh, so. <laughs> but uh, but 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 so so you get this this new Cisco guy, and he doesn't like Picard because his wife died at the Battle of Wolf Three Five Nine because. They were being attacked or they were trying to fight back the Borg who Picard was in charge of. And so this is, I think this is kind of brilliant because all of a sudden Picard is a guy that anybody watching this new show knows. Like he's the, he's the recent captain and he's great. He's, you know, Patrick Stewart, come on, you know. Uh, (laughs) But then all of a sudden, like our new protagonist really doesn't like our old protagonist and right. that's a really weird sort of switcheroo it's not like it's not like your sitcom spin-off where like the recognizable likable character from the original show has a cameo during the uh the the, the pilot of the new show where they're like oh hey standing ovation from the canned audience right. and it's like hey how are you doing guy from that other show a pretty good guy who used to be on that show but now you got your own let's have a friendly time and tell some jokes no it's like you killed my wife Right. You got my fucking wife killed. I don't have to take orders from your fucking stupid screw this job. You know, it's like it's such an ugly, tense, weird thing. And hmm. and I think if you sort of I think it really helps if you've seen Next Generation, you want to watch Deep Space Nine, like go into it really thinking about that first season as a reaction to Next Generation and as a reaction to what Next Generation did to follow up on the original series. Because it's fascinating as a cultural artifact and as a writing uh, process, uh, even when sometimes the actual shows are a little because hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of dumb episodes in in the first season of Deep Space Nine, but it's it's really neat to think about as an extension of what had come in the the, the previous several seasons, of Next Generation, and then and then trying to be this new thing, and 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 yeah, it really does warm up well. It's it's like a lot of shows, you know. Really, it sort of finds its feet in its first couple seasons. Uh, is it one I can skip ahead in? I think you can. I mean, and then I'll circle back if if I have my, yeah, I sure. Have and I'm sure you can find sort of like essential episodes from season one. You know, if you just want to watch like the pilot and then a few other key episodes. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, X Files is <laughs> X Files drew such a clear line in between uh, whatever they call uh, myth arc episodes. And not and Monster of the Week episodes that literally every episode would just be one or the other. And if you yeah. just wanted the main narrative thrust of the entire scope of X Files, you could just watch those fifty percent of the episodes that were clearly delineated as yeah, not even episodes. fifty. I'd say like like thirty percent yeah. maybe Mythos episodes, and the rest were. But here's 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 wh- here's where that Star Trek. Uh, here, here's the fundamental question I think about all, all this all, all the Star Trek talk is uh, if their ships go warp nine, why do they ever use any other warp speed? They uh, they actually try and sort of address this later on in Next Generation. Actually, they're always going warp three, or it's a real hurry, so they're going warp seven point five. So, so, or it's just you know if the ship goes warp nine, then go warp nine the, all the, the time. The, the What's thing, your problem? The thing that came up was the idea, and and it was never quite stated as an actual fact, but it was at least a theory that actually traveling at higher warp speeds did uh, sort of incremental damage to the space time continuum. So so when you travel at high warp speed through a region, it actually sort of created a higher proportion of like micro fractures in the fabric of space and time there 
Hmm. Uh, and so so once that became a thing, and this was like season, I don't know, season four maybe of Next Generation, I want to say. Well, it became a, a thing. Next Generation, and I don't know why I'm not remembering this. Well, I think I, I think it got mentioned in an episode, and then like mentioned again in some other episode, and that was it. Okay. Like, I noticed... I noticed this like rewatching it, but they did they did briefly at least touch on it explicitly in the show with the idea that there was a sort of you know environmental concern that maybe <laughs> we should be smart about when we use warp and not just be constantly moving. I always preferred the idea that it just incrementally like extra proportionally taxed their fuel reserves, which. I think would be a much simpler explanation. Like, it would, except I think it's already been established canonically that um, their their engines absorb the the fuel source from the surrounding space, don't they? Or I don't. Well, you, you, I think Impulse could use like a scoop drive. the The warp engines use the dilithium, dilithium crystals somehow right? to power. I thought them. they somehow. I thought that the, that's what the two giant rods in the back of the ship were like. Also gatherers of that. Uh, the nacelles. The nubs I don't on think so. I think. I, I think. I think nacelles. they generate the warp field. This is, wow. <laughs> we 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 are down the rabbit hole on this. I wanted. Uh, I just wanted to. I mean, it's okay. I get. I get. I mean, if if there were, if it was like a fleet of seventy ships that were all like just like cargo, like if they were all truckers, sure, whatever. They, you know, they have a committee. They decide warp six is the is the best balance between speed and safety. Yeah. But they you know, the Enterprise is constantly racing around to put out fires. Right. It's yeah. an emergency vehicle. Well, and this thing, the even time. after they establish, and then the, they, uh, uh, they just even then they're going like seven, eight. I mean, I'm. I get why they do it just for i mean it's such a handy convenience for just pure screenwriting yeah. approach because you can literally assign a number to the importance of the event right but still it is so dumb it is like it's actively <laughs> dumb because it's like yeah it's like ah right if it's an i mean it's really it's like it's like telling a a fire truck to drive slower because it's more fuel efficient well, you know, to drive you, you to know the, the fire more slowly is, this is a corner they painted themselves to into in the original series and that's the big issue it's not it, it, it's not just that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh to to not always go as fast as you can it's that they set the precedent where they were always naming numbers on things because mm. like if if you just said full speed ahead and then said okay how long till we get there and you give a number fine but once you start saying let's go warp nine now this time let's go less than warp nine all of a sudden it becomes like well why aren't you flooring it which is it's exactly right. the question you're asking right. And the problem is they went and said what the number for flooring it is, which is right, terrible. Right. Like in, in a in a submarine movie, you don't have like, you know, if you're going flanking speed, that means you're fucking going too fast, but you're pushing it because you need to. It doesn't mean you're going X miles per hour and let's talk about how fast we should be going compared. You know, it's like, yeah, you don't don't get in the way of yourself. And and that's a big problem with Star Trek. That's they're always throwing out like stupid tech numbers that they don't have the will or the the desire to actually make coherent star dates are all over the fucking map uh the size of uh, of computer storage uh quads is the let's they, they they made the smart decision to use a fake unit instead of any actual unit so they wouldn't say like yeah terabytes that'll be huge forever right. you know and then find out 20 years later that oh that's really not very big and in the 24th century we're still stuck at terabytes so they said like quads, but then they do like kiloquads, and then they do mega quads and gigaquads, and like Voyager goes from 
like kiloquads to gigaquads inside the span of that series and they're a single strip ship stranded in space with no way to get like huge upgrades from Starfleet or anything so this giant orders of magnitude jump in how much is too much for the computer to store it all comes down they they fucking named it they they put a number on it and don't do that just right. just keep it vague just leave it alone you know people may say what's well, really weird that they never put units on it but they'll never be able to say those units are really really stupid and consistent if you don't name the units you know just just leave it alone come on guys what are you thinking <laughs> i'm really i'm I'm going to give a seminar. Who knew you were into and, Star Trek at all? Yeah, I know. Go figure. <laughs> what is this about? This is a good moment for a break, I think. All right. We'll take a quick break. that was uh maybe that was lost in time too maybe that was just the the yawning sucking void of atemporality just a whooshing noise for like 45 minutes between segments <laughs> 45 minutes would be a little long you get these youtube videos that are like 10 hours of just the hum of the starship enterprise oh yeah no That's i just soothing as fuck i watched i watched like uh at least 15 minutes of two hours of axel rose asking for some reggae the other day <laughs> They're doing, uh, it's just like concert footage from, they must have been doing uh, Knock on a Heaven Doors, which I got to tell you, I, I, there there are a few things, there are a few covers I hate more than Guns N' Roses cover of Knock on the Heaven's Door. Really? Yeah, I can't fucking stand oh, it. Well, man, I love I can't that stand, song. I can't stand Axl Rose in general. Oh, I love and, Axl uh, Rose. I love, I love that song, but I love that song, and I, I know it is like a Dylan song, and I've, I've heard other covers that are fine, but just Axl Rose, just nah! it's like fuck you you were like you were at the other end of the stadium from where that pitch should be being thrown no no you're just uh. i agree but i heard it as a guns and roses song first uh, see I, I can understand that for me i i never i never heard anything from them that i liked better than anything else i could possibly be hearing except i will say Hold the on, fucking... I have to figure that sentence out. It's going to take me a few minutes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. It's, that, that may have been a Klein bottle of a sentence. There, it may not be orientable. Uh, right. a little topography humor. Eh? Uh, but it's a, uh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a who's he? What's it? It's like a Mobius strip, but as a jug, <laughs> but as a singer, or uh, sentence. That was the word. Uh, where was I going with this? Yes, I don't. I I said yes because I thought I would find it by the time I got finished with the sibilance on that. But uh, mm. Axel no, Rose, I... don't like Axel Rose. Yes, right. Sweet Child of Mine, the guitar riff on Sweet uh-huh. Child of Mine. I will listen to that whole song just for that, and I'll put up with fucking Axel screeching like a injured dog. You don't think that you don't think that the moment in the uh, November Rain video where the guy dives through the cake is the pinnacle of all human endeavor? I never, I never creative... saw the video for it. 
You've never seen the video for I November have, Rain? I didn't have cable growing up. I saw MTV. I didn't either, but I found a way to see that video because <laughs> uh, I, I'm I, a citizen of the human race. Well, I also didn't like Guns N' Roses, so it's not like I was going to go out of my way to try and track it down. So, But yeah, no, I, I, uh, no, I've never seen it. Oh, well. Your loss, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. I mean, a loss of your humanity. I well, should I feel say. like I should track it down. Somewhere. I, I believe strongly in, in in pop cultural literacy. Like, I like to know what is out there in pop culture history. So, uh, yeah, I'll get around to it at some point. But there's a lot of it to, to if get there, through. If, so. if there's a list in the universe that November Rain is on and it's not at the top of that list, then that doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet November. <laughs> ah, fucking I, that guy. I hate him so much. I hate him. I just, like, really, I really don't like... Like, I... I, I used to really dislike Neil Young, like 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 not on a meaningful level, just like I didn't like the sound of his voice, and I never listened to his music because I didn't like the sound of his voice, and and uh, then I got a a cover challenge or something on Metafilter Music a while back, uh, sometime last year I think, uh, to cover uh, Old Man, hmm. and I was like, ah, oh, I fucking hate Neil Young, no, and I sat down and listened to it, and I actually listened to the recording. For the first time, I was like, this is actually a really nice... I mean, I still don't really like his voice, but this is a really nice arrangement. Everything That's besides the, the hey, guy's old voice. man, take a look at your yeah. life. Yeah. I'm a lot like That might be my dad's are. favorite song in the yeah. world, by the way. Yeah, well, you know, maybe yeah. he'll like my cover. I tried to do sort of like a Black Keys thing with it, but... Uh, I don't know if my Maybe really that's what that Black will Keys. have been. That's that's what that will have been back in that last break. Is my oh, I was, you know what I was going to say was I'll give you $20 cash if you make it uh, the chorus of Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> and I think if you get it short enough, we can de- we can defend it on... I mean, it's fair use since we're performing, we're creating an act, you know, a critical... It's a, trans- it's a transformative uh no no just purely because we're talking about it critically right so you can no, play no, no, I, 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 it'd be totally defensible it's i don't true. think it's gonna don't you, you're not allowed to transform it you don't don't use the transformative word. oh is the transformative bad i i, I no no i mean for the purposes of yes. this i oh, want it I you're saying that i'm just not <laughs> i'm for telling the you of the discussion not allowed to okay fair enough I see. <laughs> that song okay okay uh let's get to this beer because i want to yes. get to this beer <laughs> okay so uh for i mean this beer so, is, socially you yes. know conversationally and uh, have it pouring in my mouth we also. have a beer here we have the classiest tall boy i've i've ever encountered it's a Cold Smoke Scotch Ale. This mm-hmm. is uh, by Kettle House Brewing Company in Missoula, Montana. Missoula, Montana. Uh, state of my birth. I didn't know they had beer in Montana that wasn't moose drool. Oh, no, they they, they do. Actually, Montana's uh, developing a bit of a beer culture of its own. It's pretty exciting. Is this a more recent brewery then? Uh, I don't know how new they are. I had this for the first time a couple of years ago when I was up there visiting my uh, sister and uh, brother-in-law and... Uh, and uh, just drank a bunch of this, just a lot of it, um, and I really liked it. And they they're in town this week, and uh, last time we got up there, uh, I uh, had brought them some dog bones, so I was like, "Hey, okay, this time you can bring us some beer." And so they brought us uh, some of this beer that I haven't had in a couple of years, and and it's I'm just so pleased to have some of it around the house again. Yeah, why'd you bring them dog bones? Uh, they've got a dog. Well, well no, no, not 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 the bones of a dog, <laughs> uh, bones for a dog. Uh, like you know, some tasty. There's this local uh, place. Uh, it's it's on um, Grand, I think. The the oh, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, they've got these nice uh, uh, dog chew bones uh, that uh, okay. my sister and 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 my brother-in-law, you know, their their dog had been enjoying while they were living in town a while back. Then they moved back to Montana, and they're like, oh, but those those dogs, those dog bones those bones not of a dog 
uh please bring some and so i did and so and 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 now i have this beer and uh all right well i'm gonna try it try it i'm trying not to think about all the, a, the dogs you killed yeah <laughs> yes okay. it's a it's a, it's a it's a sweet sort of higher alcohol beer it's got a nice uh sort of round multi uh yeah it comes on real light and then kind of finishes a little bit yeah it hangs around a little yeah, bit yeah it hangs yeah. around a little um it's real nice out of a glass. It, it 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 does fine if it warms up a little bit, uh, which is good because it's been sitting here warming up a little bit. So yeah, Pabst is the opposite. Pabst is a delicate flower. Oh really. yeah, I'm not kidding. If that you if you let wilts. Pabst warm up or go flat, Ugh. just throw it out because yeah. it's really Pabst is a, Pabst is an extremely exquisite, carefully crafted taste that's extremely it's an easily orchid, spoiled. Is what it is. It's, it's, it's a delicate it's the orchid. orchid of macro brews. It's yeah. A, yes. <laughs> I like this. It's good. I dig it. It's nice. I, I you know, I've had a couple uh, Scotch ales uh, in the interim and enjoyed them as well. And this this feels like it's in the same territory. So I feel like I should go out and get a couple of those and do some taste tests while I've still got a supply of this, so I can sort of calibrate. But uh, there's also a local uh, 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 bottle shop uh, called Barrique in St. John's uh, that stocks a lot of stuff, and I kind of want to go in there and and. Uh, uh, asked the lady who works there uh, about you know whether it's possible to get this in because I've never seen this in town, and I, I feel like maybe it's a no go just because the OLCC is kind of a shithole, and like you can't get it unless they say you can get it like hmm. period legally something like that. Like I don't think you can just say hey here's an exciting sounding beer or wine I think I'll import it. I think it basically has to go through them and it sounds like it's a little bit of a pain in the ass huh like i've never heard anybody say you know what i really like what the olcc is doing i don't hear that a lot either yeah yeah i mean i i think i have more friends in the um alcohol consuming and alcohol delivering businesses than the alcohol regulating yeah business so it's possible somebody somebody who works for maybe they're doing a fine job i don't know who the the hell knows if you're listening to this and you are sympathetic to the olcc and and want to complain then go to hell and die and then let us no, yeah, we'll have, I mean, yeah. and then let us know is what I meant. Just, you could do a call-in segment or something. Yeah, sure. A t- tape delay call-in segment. So did you want to discuss the terrible, disgusting thing you wanted to discuss? Oh, it's or? not that disgusting, what? although this beer is helping me want to talk about it, I guess. <laughs> it is, how much, what is this, like 65% alcohol? It's actually, it's actually only 6.9. I kind of mm. thought it was a little bit higher, but, uh, you know, above oh. average, but not crazy. It's not like a Doppelbach or something. I have, um, my partner Whitney has asked me a couple Two or three times. This is Whitney Houston. Not Whitney Houston, no. no. She's, okay. There are dear departed, right? Whitney Houston. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, okay, she, yeah, she died, I think. Right. That's not who I'm going out with, that corpse. Um, Whitney has asked me a couple times, uh, when I come home from recording this with you, she say, she'll say, um, hey, did you talk about scrotal torture <laughs> during that episode? <laughs> Did you get to that yet? <laughs> and I'll say, no. <laughs> no, we had a guest. <laughs> and it didn't seem appropriate in that scenario. Um, I got the idea in my head at one point that uh, I wanted to uh, perform a operation on myself known as the Brazilian do you know what that is? I, uh, That's when you wax hair off your body. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it's like a, a landing strip. Uh, 
No, I think the, is the I don't think that is the Brazilian entail the landing strip. Basically, I, I, I think the landing strip's all that's left. You like get a, you're left with a vertical stripe. I thought the Brazilian was everything gone. Maybe, maybe. I thought you know I. I, I am don't, certainly not an expert on this. Sure. So you, you I, I, I'm not someone. In any who case, there's waxing involved. There's is a lo- particularly a lot of hair goes to, away. Sure. Right. Hair goes away, and there's hot wax involved. So, for whatever reason, I mean, I'm not particularly attached to hair on my body for, you know, not really my thing. I don't cultivate that. Uh, I would rather it be gone, and I would rather it be gone and just not have to deal with it for a while, right? I mean, that's the whole idea of waxing is just to get rid of the shit. Yank it out the follicles. Yeah. Slow everything down. Right. Pull it out by the roots, right? So, um... So I decided to do that, right? And I got some wax. And and by the roots, it. you mean the, the, the backing band on Jimmy Fallon? No. No, I'm talking about... Okay, I'm talking about something else. You're talking about the... the, the Here, the maybe it'd be seminal... easier if I just showed you. Okay. <laughs> Please continue. Please continue. All right. Touche. <laughs> I will interrupt no more. So what you do to, to wax hair off of your body is, I'm sure you can imagine, at least with the with the kit that I got, is I'm assuming it involves some wax. You you right, you get some wax, and then you 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 get some like uh, oil, some skin oil, and you put the oil on your skin first so that the wax doesn't bind to your skin because there's a if you fail to do so, as I found out the hard way. <laughs> It's it's like really it's like ripping off a band-aid that's like super glued to your skin. It's very difficult. So you want to kind of like you really want to coat the oil on there before you get started. And then you heat up the wax in, in, in the little plastic cup in the microwave and then you just like so much heroin on a spoon. Yeah, so much heroin on a spoon. It comes with a little wooden spoon, the kind you might get from in the old days from Baskin Robbins or something. Um, or whatever. I don't, I, maybe Baskin Robbins always had the little pink plastic spoons, but the little wooden spoon you might get with a little cup of well, fruit shitty salad vanilla or and, and uh, orange sickle ice right, cream. A, fl- a little flat, you know, whatever balsa wood spoon. A Barbie, a Barbie kayak paddle. You you get a Barbie kayak paddle along with it, and then you just dip it, and then and then you smear it on in a in a line. And then you allow it to harden a little bit, and then you grasp one end, and then you rip it off. And with it, ideally, in a perfect world, comes the hair uh, to which it's bonded. And uh, this was a... So, <laughs> I go in, in with the I'm best in, of intentions. I'm in such terror of how, this, how you land there's really this story. No, I mean, there's really no horrible, nightmarish outcome. It was just an unpleasant experience that I'm going to describe. So, what, when you're doing... Okay... Maybe maybe I should take my pants off because there's two separate there's two types of uh, hair removal uh, sections of that area of your body. There's like the inside of your thigh. There's the kind of the pubis below your belly button, and you know basically like taut skin is one part of your body that grows hair that you can remove with waxing yes and not to demean you know not to diminish anybody's i'm sure it kind of sucked when you got that part of your body waxed this is the only part of the body that women get waxed right <laughs> i have i have i've finally seen the through line on this story cringing <laughs> already but please continue is it's actually not that bad i mean it's really it's really they they say do it quick um you know it's like ripping up a bandit just do it do it quick and then just get over it right don't 
clench your teeth, just like get rid, get it done, and boop. And it's actually not that bad. It's it's whatever. It's not something you would do for fun or whatever. But it's like jumping into a too hot hot tub. I mean, it, you're like, oh shit. I would rather do but it then, than jump into a too hot hot tub. Yeah, okay. It's really so, it's yeah. really. I don't find it that unpleasant. And so I think that for most people. Um, you know, like the whole this famous scene in the Forty Year Old Virgin, where they're ripping the hair off his body and he's just sh- screaming bloody murder or whatever. I'm sure it kind of sucked, but it's really not like something that you're just going to be having nightmares about later. But then you get to this other type of skin <laughs> that also grows hair in that area on the male body. And if you're not familiar with the male body, we'll upload a picture maybe to go with this episode or something. There's, Do you know how to make a podcast show different cover art at a certain point yeah, in the episode? Maybe we'll we just, should we'll, we'll show just, a picture we'll, we'll of a scrotum here. We'll just put it on the front here. page of the, uh, <laughs> of the blog post. We'll just make sure we've got a, a scrote there. You can't get any leverage off of that type of skin because it's hanging loosely from your body. Right, right. And you, in a, if you were a person who had three hands and you could spend use two of your hands stretching the skin tight and the third hand ripping the strip of wax off, then you would at least get halfway there. You have other problems because the direction that hair grows on the scrotum is entirely random. Two hairs next to each other could be going in completely different directions. It's like an extremely sparse cowlick. It's very bad. <laughs> it's a very bad area of the body that I no longer have any feel any kinship This is with. where the Puritans were coming from. <laughs> they didn't. They, they weren't actually angry about sex. They just didn't want anybody to get any trouble waxing, and they just sort of got carried away. So because the nature of waxing means that pull, you have to rip the wax off against the direction of hair growth for it to have any chance of success of pulling it out by the follicle. And when you have a scenario where the hair is really just growing in every direction and no amount of careful grooming is really going to change that, <laughs> you when you rip a section off, you're only getting a certain section, you know, sub percentage of those hairs with that rip so you're ripping the same section repeatedly so three or four hours later i kind of just stopped i really really appreciate you putting me into this conceptual (laughs) space this is where i needed to be tonight like I, I, I was worrying earlier. I was being all anxious about, oh, I don't know if I'm going to approach this creative project effectively. But yeah. now, no possible approach <laughs> to my Ferengi trading simulator could be as unpleasant as as this whole situation that you're and discussing. And there's parts of the scrotum that uh, like aren't in, within line of sight. So you need a mirror below <laughs> you, kind of. <laughs> and you're going to find shit out about yourself that you never wanted to know. <laughs> Um, it, it, I did eventually. I should just to just to jump to the end here because this is way more time than I wanted to spend on this. <laughs> this is just. I mean, <laughs> it's you can't blackmail me with this story if everybody hears it, right? So. It's, a, it's a smart move. It's a good play. Uh, I got it all it's a off, kid and, then, play. and then really, it was like it. It just grew back just as quickly. Yeah. It didn't, you know, they they promised like it you know, it, it'll grow back, but it'll grow back a little thinner and you do it again and it'll grow back slower and uh that it just wasn't nope. the case. Well. No. No, and you know, and I you know, that that part of my body was very tender <laughs> for a very long time afterwards. <laughs> Jesus. And um yeah, I mean, there's more detail I could go into about, you know, because, it you know, you can kind of make it contract a no. little if you want, but... 
it's okay. Depending think, on the temperature of the room, I, 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 right? I think, I think and if we're briefly, I thought that might be advantageous. I, I think we may have. I think we may have just the right, just the right level of detail about the time oh, you good. waxed the hair off your scrotum on this particular part. Uh, you know, we can bring, come back to it sometime. Maybe we'll, uh, you know, let's never speak of yeah. it again. <laughs> I uh, I don't I don't think we've I don't think we've had a empathetic uh, toast on the podcast before, but uh, wherever we are in time, cheers, cheers, Jesus Christ, mm. yeah, wow, I uh, it would never occur to me to go there. I, you know, I I kind of have a I kind of have a mentality that that I'll do anything once. I well, mean, and the, I, I appreciate that. I can't apply that to everything. I will do a but, lot of things once. Right. I I don't think I don't think I would. Uh, and let me and say, if you're ever annoyed by like the hair on the inside junk. of your leg as a chafing against that other hair or whatever, just wax it. Fuck it. I mean, why not? It really is not that bad. Sure. Yeah. No. I can. Um, I, I can believe it. But there is a region in which it is yeah. extremely bad. So the point. Maybe just. Yeah. Maybe just get out a razor or something and. Yeah. Or have a professional do it and just take a bunch of drugs before you go in. Like, just drink a whole bottle of NyQuil well, and Well, and you know, the, the nice thing, thing is, compared to, like, getting a tattoo, there's not any bleeding involved, ideally. So, you know, it doesn't matter if your blood alcohol is thin. So you Josh, can, there get, is bleeding involved. Is, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, you, got, you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, Never again. Are we... <laughs> Are we about there with this one? We're about there. Okay. I well, think, uh, I feel I feel like we're done. Th- thanks for whoever is still listening. Uh, God bless you for having the fortitude. Uh, I just I couldn't get up and walk away because it's my own basement. And right. Be, I feel like I warned people that that. Yeah. Was no. Coming. No. No. I, I feel like I gave them ample time to opt I think out of that. Anybody story. who got all the way through that and then realized at the end that they shouldn't have been listening, I don't think I don't think they were being a responsible uh, owner of their own uh, consciousness. No, uh so yeah so uh you know i feel like we should be talking like i feel like we should do the spiel uh at the end maybe even the beginning episodes but it's too late for this one obviously but like you know go to the website crap the crapshoot.net dot net look us up on itunes crapshoot the crapshoot so far we are really owning that uh, i think there's been a couple episodes of other podcasts that have used the word crapshoot but otherwise it's really all us we should, we're the yeah no fuck anything else called the crapshoot yeah, we're the no, we're alpha we'll, we're crapshoot alpha we're seriously yeah yeah we're, we're like, crapshoot prime exactly yeah we're we're, we're the ur crapshoot yeah. Uh, so it, yeah, we have a Facebook page. Uh, the site, I think, as we discussed in an earlier episode, there's comments enabled on thecrapshoot.net. Yep. Um, and so Which, you know that you, you can we go have a there nice exchange about the moon on the baseball thing. However long ago that happened, right. because we're unmoored in time. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, yeah, and 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 uh, it, it is helpful to the visibility of the podcast. Uh, so if you want more people to hear that heinous story about the, my nether regions, <laughs> uh, leaving a review or a rating is is uh, will surface the, the yeah. podcast. More I mean, leaving a rating is so easy. You lazy assholes, just go, just go, click on the star. Maybe, maybe at four, maybe at five. I, I'm not telling you what to rate it. I'm just saying. You know, you I'm know. Ju- having second thoughts. I don't think we should tell people to rate the podcast right after that last story. <laughs> When you rate the podcast, try and take take a step back and just think more about the entire thing. I mean, give it a one or two star if that's how you feel. What that's fine, but don't 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 rate it based on that story. I'll never. I promise, I'll never do that again. Oh, and other than that, I don't know. Is there anything else? I think I feel like I feel like we've casted this pod. I don't know what that means. 
I feel like we've uh, to use waxed the... this scrote. Yes, yes, I do know what that means. To use the language of mathematics, we've waxed this scrote. Yes, to use the language of mathematics, we are hairless like a chihuahua. <laughs> uh, and, uh, oh God, let's stop. Let's, let's just get, stop. run, run. Yeah, okay. Run See, for the hills. <laughs> See y'all next time. <laughs> <laughs>